It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What will the Mariners do next, and what do we want them to do next? We'll answer that and more coming up here on Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, January 22nd, 2024. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear and if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day let us know in the comments below we'd love to hear from you and if you want to hear from us even more please consider signing up for our patreon you can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show the link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode this is mailbag monday the show where we answer your mariners questions and we're going to start here with steve who wants to know out of all the new relievers brought in on minor league deals who is the most intriguing to you colby you want to start us off no, but I will. Um, mm-hmm. The answer is none of them because, of course, I don't care. Very on brand. But, uh, Very on brand. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all honesty, none of them are are super exciting. Uh, but there are some fun ones, and I think for me, the answer is Crable. Um, pitched uh, pretty well for the Orioles back in 2022, and uh, didn't really get much of a chance in 2023, which is odd because he was again solid uh, in 2022, uh, Crable's not going to be flashy. He's not going to be a huge strikeout guy. He's not going to wow you with like Matt Brash stuff or, or Andres Munoz's like velocity, but he does something that seems to be pretty underrated, um, by most front offices, uh, in particular in bullpen arms, he has a strong disdain for allowing hard contact. So he doesn't like, uh, it's very hard to barrel up the baseball against Crable. It's very hard to hit line drives against him. Uh, and if you do, they're probably going to be softly hit. So uh, when you look at the the stack cast page, he just doesn't give up hard contact. And that is a valuable uh, asset, particularly if you're coming in to, to start an inning clean. Um, you don't want a guy who wa- is going to walk somebody. You don't want a guy who's going to give up, you know, slug and, and hit the ball hard and, and you know, just kind of lose it at the beginning. Crable's not really a guy you want coming in to, you know, clean up a mess from your starter. Uh, but he is a guy who's very capable of coming in, getting you three outs in the sixth inning against, you know, 
six, seven, and eight, and and probably get you some three pretty soft hit ground balls, maybe a strikeout, and and um, that's just his skill set. It, it, it's something that feels a little underrated in today's game. Everybody wants to strike out. Everybody chases a strikeout. I get why, but you know, a strikeout and a softly hit ground ball to the second baseman both result in an out. So. Uh, if I'm just looking for a middle guy, then Crable's uh, the guy that I'm I'm most interested in. Uh, I know a lot of fans are kind of intrigued by the story of uh, of Butchery, but uh, it's just he hasn't pitched in the majors in so long. It's hard to feel good about counting on him for anything. So uh, would be a cool story, you know, though. It would it would be an awesome story, but mm. I do you want to count on it? No. So specifically with the guys who have been signed to minor league deals. Crable is the one that I'm uh, most interested in. Yeah. I mean, let's get this out of the way. It's going to be very hard for any of these guys to make the team out of spring training. So we're really talking about a lot disaster strikes over the next, you know, couple of months here. We're talking about guys that if they stick with the team might have a chance to impact the team later on in the season. Um, And I'm with you. I, I think Crable is the guy that really stands out here. Joey Crable, uh, spent the last you know few years with the Baltimore Orioles, had a really good season in 2022, like you mentioned, and like you said, generates a lot of weak contact and and keeps the ball on the ground. And when you can do that with consistency, you have a place in most major league bullpens, if not every major league bullpen, especially when those two things are working in unison. Um, and a big reason for that is that changeup. That changeup is really good, man. Uh, in 2022, he was plus six, uh, 93rd percentile in off-speed run value. That's a very good changeup. And like we've talked about in the past, with pitchers and, and the Mariners pitching development, they typically hyper-focus on one or two things that you particularly do well, and they have you just do more of that, basically. So I think that's really the game plan with Crable is try and keep the ball on the ground, try and continue to generate weak contact and don't try to do too much with your changeup. Just keep throwing it the way that you throw it. Cause it works. Right. Uh, I'm not really sure why he didn't get many opportunities this year in Baltimore, uh, this past year in Baltimore. Uh, he only threw five innings, I believe at the major league level and about 40 ish, uh, down in triple a, um, again, not really sure what the reason for that was, but when he came up in those five innings, he looked pretty much like the guy he was in 2022 as well. So, uh, if they can get that guy, that's a really nice mid leverage option to have. And the Mariners have a lot of, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to call them legitimate options yet, but they have a lot of bodies going into camp. Um, and really only, you know, we talked about this last week, probably three, maybe four spots to give those guys. Uh, in this year's bullpen so they have a lot of uh different guys that they can sift through uh but crable to me is is near the top of that list also throw in mauricio lavera in there he's not a minor league signing he was a waiver claim um but close enough right uh, and if you're looking for a, a justin topa type a justin topa light sinker slider combo uh really like the slider from lavera uh so that's another dark horse there uh potentially to uh to impact the mayor's bullpen at some point in 2024 all right let's move on we got another question here from jamie or jaime uh what do you think is a reasonable move from the m's front office in the next couple weeks conversely what move would you like them to make so what do we think the mariners are going to do what do we want them to do two very different things at least potentially colby what do you think but merrifield for both Right, just to just spite, to Mariner, spite Mariner yeah. Twitter. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield for both mm-hmm. because he's fine. 
Yeah, they, um, they should actually sign Whit Merrifield to a twenty-five million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Clearly, saying that's, that that's the only. Yeah. yeah, that's clearly what people were saying this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? What should they do? I think, um, or what's reasonable for them to do? I think adding a kind of a role player bench bat type, um, who can play. You know, not not a guy who's going to play once a week. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a guy who could legitimately play three, four times a week. Uh, adding that guy and, and you know give you some value offensively. Um, versatility would be nice, but not necessarily uh, like what Merrifield. Yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, you add that guy, and then you go add kind of like a middle relief type. Uh, I think that's I think that's reasonable. There's not a lot of high leverage guys. Um, so like what I what would I want them to do? Well, ideally they would have signed Robert Stevenson and just you know built that bullpen out, but. They didn't. Too soon. Uh, I'm not ready to talk about that. I mean, Stevenson decided to ruin his career by picking the Angels. That's his business. Yeah, but, yeah. all the great uh, work the Rays did is going mm-hmm. to be undone by that yep. Angels pitching development stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because they actually have developed some pretty good pitchers, but uh, it doesn't matter. No, no, uh, no, no. We, we not, cannot not, give them any credit here. Not no, the no, day no. for facts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what I would like them to do is is find a trade that nobody in Major League Baseball thinks is possible. Like, I want them to go trade for an impact hitter at the cost of prospects only. Yeah. That's not reasonable, at least not with the current market. So that's what I would like them to do. At least not with what we know about the market. Right. right now. I, what I would like them to do is go get, you know, Elise, uh, Elise Luis Arise, combine the, the names there. I'd there like to, them to go get Luis Arise, and it only costs them Harry Ford and, and you know, yeah. Um, Emerson Hancock. That, that'd be sick. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be awesome. Not realistic. I would like the Mariners to go get one, but who is he? How much does he cost? And does he fit? Like Corey Solaire's an impact bat. Does he fit on this roster? Not at all. So, what I would like them to do is find somehow an impact, like a 120 WRC plus or better second or third baseman to hit, you know, third, fourth, or fifth. What's reasonable? to ask them to do go get a Whit Merrifield, a Mod Rosario, you know, Gio or whatever type go trade for Jonathan India, uh, and then go and get, you know, uh, uh, Jacob Junis, somebody pitch in the middle of the, the, the bullpen who could also start if you need them to, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go after someone like Junis, especially now after like both yeah, and both, have yeah. Descalfani. If they don't trade Escalfani, I, I yeah, I just I think that's probably a hard no on someone like Junis. I, I think they're they're probably out on the rest of the reliever group. If I had to guess, like they're probably not. I don't know if maybe out's not the right word, but I don't think that they're going to end up getting any of those guys um, once this offseason is all said and done. Um, yeah, you know what I want them to do, obviously, is is you know go and get yourself a, another you know everyday player. That'd be great. But like you said, who who is that guy? How do you get him? And I don't really see the path there. Um, you know, I'll take what you said a one step a little further. Um, with the the bench bat, how about a guy that can play all three outfield spots, legitimately well, like Michael A. Taylor. Mm-hmm. I think that could really help the Mariners right now, especially if, you know, it looks like they're going to be running Mitch Hanniger out there a lot. So, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I necessarily want my late game outfield defensive replacements to be Dylan Moore or Whit Merrifield 
or Sam Haggerty. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I really want that being the case there uh, late in games. So, yeah, if you can get like a legitimate defensive outfielder that can play all three spots, can give, you know, Julio a blow when it, whenever he's, you know, just DHing or, you know, needs a day off entirely. Uh, I think Taylor's a great fit uh, for the for the Mariners roster before uh, we kick things into high gear. Uh, what do I think they're going to end up doing? Probably like Wood Merrifield, you know, Tim Anderson, someone like that. I could also see them just going into spring training with things as is, which yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, that is ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this is Mailbag Monday. We're answering some of your Mariners' questions. Dean wants to know, what would a reasonable expectation be for Hanniger in terms of plate appearances and production for this season? Like Nothing. I mean, yeah, that. But <laughs> What's reasonable? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, you should go into the year, you know, like exactly. not banking on anything from, from Hanniger, given mm-hmm. his, his extensive injury history. Uh, but let's assume that he's healthy for a good portion of the season and you can determine what a good portion is mm. 235 310 430 ish over 400 plate appearances that's not about right um so here's the deal with uh with Haniger is that he still hits the ball really hard like when he's healthy or when he was healthy in 2022 and last year in San Francisco, which granted was only for like 90 games combined. Was it even he still that? hit the ball hard? He he's like he's still a, a capable major league hitter. Like mm-hmm. this isn't a guy who's so broken down that he can't even this isn't Tommy Lastella, right? Like so broken down he doesn't just have any bat speed left or anything like that. Hanniger's got bat speed, he can still generate power. Um, so as long as he plays, I think he's going to be you know, an above average bat. I don't know if that's 120 or, or 110, but I think it's going to be somewhere in that range for as many plate appearances as you can get from him. Uh, so you got to manage him uh, pretty seriously. You have to be careful not to overwork him uh, both in the field and at DH. He's going to have to just get pure days off. Like you have to do that for him. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you get 300 plate appearances from him, 
and he's a 110 WRC plus bat. That wouldn't surprise me uh, at all. And I think anything you get over that is a pretty significant bonus. So, yeah, um, I think, you know, Hanniger being basically at least as good as Teoscar Hernandez was last year, just in fewer plate appearances is probably reasonable. Yeah, I think it's probably, um, you know, 105 to 115 WRC plus, which is, you know, large gap there, but um, 20 ish home runs. Again, it all depends, you know, especially with the counting stats, it all depends on how much he plays. Um, Can he beat Jared Kelnick last year? Yeah. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. A little bit more consistent, preferably, but yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. It might just be one boom month and then a lot of. Well, we'll I mean, see. a lot of IL stints, but yeah. yeah, a lot of IL stints and meh, you know, as he tries to work his way back. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I think though, you know, <laughs> the best way to look at it is just don't bank on getting anything out of him, and then whatever mm-hmm. you get from him is a bonus and a great which bonus. Is why, which is why the Max Kepler's and the Michael A. Taylor's and the Eddie Rosario's and yeah. You know, the Jesus Sanchez, why all those guys still make sense, even though the outfield looks crowded right now. Yeah. So while we love Mitch, we're very happy that Mitch is back. There is mm-hmm. an unavoidable reality that we have to, you know, address here. So, and that is uh, Mitch just can't stay on the field, whether it's his fault or not. And most of the time it hasn't been. But yeah, just the the way that it's been, unfortunately, for Mitch. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. We got a couple more questions to answer from you guys. We got this one from Max. Oh, boy, Colby. We got to talk about Whit Merrifield again. Why are people saying we already have a a white Merrifield? Not Whit Merrifield, a white Merrifield, as, as Max wrote here. I don't remember Demo or Haggerty hitting over 275 with a K rate less than 20% question mark exclamation point you can have better options on the bench i mean even if you remove the word better from your last sentence it's still a valid point just have Mm -hmm. options have bodies it's it's okay to have a little too much on the back end of your roster i have no comment on this right yeah do you want the good do you want the solid player on the mariners or not yes okay cool no what's wrong with you and by the way Haggerty has options left you don't yeah. lose Sam Haggerty by signing Whit Merrifield. By the way, you know who else has options left? Surprisingly, Dylan Moore. Oh, by the way, you know who else has options left? Again, surprisingly, Josh Rojas. Oh, you know yeah. who else has options left? Surprisingly, Luis, Luis Urias. Urias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to pick one of these guys or the other. You can have them yeah, all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a one or the other situation. Look, I get Jesus. it. If, 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 if Whit Merrifield is going to command $10 million, then yes, we can have a conversation about that, about whether or not that's the best use of the Mariners' limited resources. I don't think that he's going to make $10 million, but also I'm incredibly confused by this market, and I don't think anyone can make any definitive statement about what a player is going to make, because Isaiah Conor-Falefa got $7.5 million per season. So, yeah. um, He's not a better player than Whit Merrifield. But, but the other thing, too, here, on that, right? Because I see a lot of people that are like, why would the Mariners spend $10 million on Wood Merrifield? We have seen on multiple occasions over the last few off seasons, the Mariners look at the end of the market and look at players that, you know, they could beef up 
their the back end of their bench. They could be a slight upgrade over, you know, the Sam Haggerty's of the world or, you know, a couple of years back, like the Shed Longs of the world, et cetera. And go, yeah, that's great, but is that actually worth $6 million, $7 million when this guy, this quad A player that we have that we think might be able to produce similar similarly is making the league minimum? We'll just go with that guy. Why would that suddenly change in an offseason in which they have been arguably the most financially restricted they've ever been? Like, yeah, why, I, why are we throwing all logic out of the window with that when we have evidence that suggests that the Mariners would not... Like, the Mariners have done everything to prove that they're not going to throw out a good chunk of their remaining budget on someone like Whit Merrifield. So if they sign Whit Merrifield, it's probably going to be for four or five million dollars. And who knows if that's actually what he's going to end up commanding or not. But if Whit Merrifield is a Mariner, I feel pretty good that it's at like half of what you guys think, what a lot of people think he's right. going to sign for. Right. I I think when I look at what this bench like, Look, I, I don't want to turn this into like a, a Merrifield versus Moore and Haggerty thing because Moore and Haggerty are useful players. Yeah. Like Dylan Moore, as much as it pains me to watch him uh, swing the bat, he brings defensive versatility. He steal bags. He hits for power. He crushes lefties. And yeah, he strikes out, but he walks a ton too. Dylan Moore can help you. Sam Haggerty can help you. This, yeah. And I, so outside of like their overall offensive profile, like Dylan Moore is pretty much the same player that what Merrifield is in terms of base running value, defensive mm-hmm. versatility, etc. Right. right. I mean, and there's a non-zero a... chance that both of those guys, or at least one of those guys, is better than a 35-year-old Whit Merrifield in 2024. Maybe. But you know what's good about Whit Merrifield? Is that he's still a solid, you know, usable player when at 35 years old he's being asked to play 160 games. You know what happens if you ask Sam Haggerty to play 160 games? you lose straight up. Sam Haggerty is, is not a two win player. If you ask him to play 160 games, he's not Sam Haggerty yeah. gets the benefit of having his matchups handpicked. He gets to face the pitchers. He has the best chance chance to hit 90% of the time because that's the type of player he is. Whit yeah. Merrifield is a guy that you can use every day. You don't want to, and you don't have to. And that's kind of the beauty of, of Whit Merrifield idea that nobody's talking about. Not only is Whit Merrifield available, every, he's played in 85% of the, his team's games or more every year mm. since his, you know, his first full season, which hmm, does this team have some issues with reliability on the roster? Oh, wow. Look at that. They do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not only that, but if you ask Merrifield to do less, can he produce more? In theory, yes. Like Merrifield is fine. And I keep saying this over and over again. Merrifield is fine. The idea of Whit Merrifield is fine. The idea of Ahmad Rosario is fine. The idea of Tim Anderson is fine, all at the right price. That's what we're talking about here. The idea of Eddie Rosario is fine. Like these players who nobody cares about, that they just kind of float around in the back end and you look up at the end of the year and like, oh, they're a one and a half, two one player. Those players have value even on a roster like the Mariners. Players like that help you go they help far. help you win the World Series. Yeah. The Atlanta yeah. Braves don't win their World Series without Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jorge right. Soler. These are just, and at the time, those are all just 100 back end, like 100 WRC plus, can't really play defense. Yeah. Like they're fine. 
and they what do they what do those guys do when they, you combine them and you use them properly? They replace Ronald Acuna Jr. and help you win a World Series. I'm equally annoyed by the people that are like, "Why don't you want an All Star player?" As I am by yeah. the people that are oh, like, yeah. "Whit Merrifield's useless and he's worse uh, than Sam Harry." Yeah, no, don't get me look, wrong. Middle Join ground. us in the middle ground here, people. Mid- middle ground, folks. Middle ground, folks. Yep. Not everything needs a, a massive reaction in one direction no. or the other. So, uh, Merrifield, though, that said, you know, the all-star thing said, he was an all-star caliber player for the four, first four months of the season. He was hitting like 303 for the first four months mm-hmm. of the season. He had like a 118 WRC plus. Can't remember off the top of my head. He was an above average offensive producer for most of 2023. The problem is last few months of the season, he was garbage, like just flat out garbage, like 44 WRC plus something like that. And thus, when you look at his overall numbers, he finished like a 93 WRC plus something like that. Now, he's a little bit of the anti Depoto offensive profile in that he doesn't hit the ball hard at all literally second percentile and hard hit rate third percentile and barrel percentage all that get that mm-hmm. but he does put up consistently high averages mm-hmm. he makes things happen when when he gets on the base pass uh he's a versatile defender he can still give you even though he doesn't hit the ball hard he can still give you like 10-ish home runs honestly there are a lot of things that whit merrifield still does to this day very well mm-hmm. and i think if you know like you mentioned if you limit his playing time because I think there's at least some of that, and you know, we don't know the full context, even though that I live in Toronto, I'm not watching every single Blue Jays game. So I don't know what exactly happened with Merrifield last year. But like when you look at the numbers and you look at just kind of what happened to him over the course of this past season, there is some strong evidence that yeah, the a 34-year-old playing every single day, especially with what he is specifically asked to do and playing multiple positions and adding value mm-hmm. on the base pass, stuff like that, that that caught up to him in the later stages of the season. So yep. can you maximize what Merrifield's value by playing him 90 games out of a season or a hundred games out of a season rather than 130, Probably. 140, 150? Can you get more of that first half of 2023 mm-hmm. with Merrifield by doing that? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. They've already proven they can because again, Dylan Moore and, and Sam Haggerty are useful major leaguers, like good major leaguers. Uh, why? Not because they're playing, you know, getting 600 plate appearances. It's because the Mariners pick and choose when they use them and they give them the best chance to succeed. And both have been above average pretty much their entire Mariners tenure. So, yeah, could Merrifield do the same? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like don't don't dismiss Whit Merrifield and don't don't be the like, oh, he's an all star last year. You don't like an all star like, yeah, so was Daniel Vogelbach in 2019. Who cares? That's not a thing. Okay, Adam Frazier was an all-star. Like, it's just, it's not a thing, guys. So just find, just find reason. Meet us in the middle here on Reasonable Island. Okay, there's room for everybody. (laughs) Reasonable Island, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just jump off your sinking ship. They're both sinking. Just swim to the middle ground. It's going to be okay. Good Lord. Let's get to this last question because it's a, it's also something I want to say something about. All right. Nick wants to know, is it better to push the payroll closer to the budget limit in April or wait until the deadline to reach the end season max, which this is, uh, you know, what I was talking about, you know, 20 ish minutes ago. I think there's still they still have enough flexibility here to find a middle ground. Speaking of middle ground. um, Where. I think they can still spend like. 
eight to nine ish million dollars and be more than fine for whatever they would need to do at the deadline. But also, folks, this is assuming that you're competitive enough at the deadline. You need to build a roster that is competitive, uh, competitive enough to make you a buyer at the deadline. And if you don't feel that your roster is at that spot, maybe they do. Right. But if you don't, if they don't feel that their roster is at that spot, and there are a lot of people out there that don't feel that they're at that spot, then spend the money now. It's more important that you are competitive now than hypothetically competitive in July and August. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Saving money for the deadline is not a thing, it doesn't exist. Not the way that these guys, oh, well, just save it all, put it in your back pocket. What player gets traded at the deadline that's going to cost you $19 million in payroll? That would mean that they would have a, a, a starting salary this year of like $40, $40 million. Oh, you're going to go trade for Max Scherzer? No, you're not. You don't need all that money at the deadline. But also saving money for the deadline isn't a thing because you can put it in your back pocket and then, uh-oh, Julio goes down. Well, we can't really fix that. Uh-oh, Castillo goes to the IL. And all of a sudden, we're a 38 and, you know, 52 team at the deadline or whatever the record is, you know. And like, oh, well, now we have all this money. Well, it doesn't make any sense to buy. We're going to go sell. Yeah. Now we're going to go trade Mitch Garver. <laughs> right. Know. It doesn't make sense. You get, there's no, there's no valid argument to go into the season with like, oh, well, we'll just keep all 20 million or like 15 million in our back pocket just in case. Doesn't exist. That's stupid. You want to keep two or three million just in case? Fine. Whatever. But all of it, like, oh, I'm not going to sign Whit Merrifield because I want that $6 million he's going to get at the deadline. That's stupid because you have to get to the deadline in contention for it to mean anything like legitimate contention, not, Oh, they're four games back with three games with three teams to pass of this third wild card. That's not legitimate contention. Okay. And secondly, side note, name a contract that Jerry DePoto has not been able to trade to free up salary when he needs it. Don't take too long. Doesn't exist. Does not. He traded Robbie freaking Ray. Robbie Ray. Robbins and Gano. A lot of Robbies. Chris Flexen. Chris Flexen. He got somebody got to take contract. Chris Flex all of Chris Flexen's money. Yeah. He got somebody to take it. If Jerry needs money in July to go get some, he will find it. Yeah. There is but also, no question about that. But but also if it's strictly just 2024 payroll that we're talking about here. You know, I did talk about the middle ground, but you might not even need like nine million dollars by the deadline because all these, you know, numbers are going to be prorated by that point, right? Like yeah. you're, you're only paying 40 percent of what yeah. the at whatever that player's salary is. So even if you do add a relatively higher salary player at the deadline, mm-hmm. you that still only might be like three, four million dollars. Yep. Yep. It makes no sense to save money for the deadline. None. Not all of it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Padnode, I'm Tiding Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tiding Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen, and thank you all for all of your questions. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.